What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to the Power Company Podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. Honestly, I've been meaning to get to this episode for over a year now, but it took two things to make it happen. First, a message from a listener, Rosie, with lots of good skincare questions, so thanks for that, Rosie. And two, I've been climbing on a bouldery, violent skin eater of a 13C in my bid to be a sport climber again. Uh, The kind of route that would have been my absolute anti-style just a few years ago and destroys my skin. But using some of the products and ideas we discuss in this episode, as well as all sorts of proven and unproven finger care techniques, Both my skin and my tendons are doing quite well. And at 48, climbing on this thing in particular, that feels like a big win. So, my guest today is Justin Brown, owner of Rhino Skin Solutions. And Rhino is, if you're unfamiliar, just simply the best and most complete system of skincare for climbers on the entire planet. Let's just go ahead and say in the universe. We sat down at my house a couple of summers ago to talk skincare tips and myths. But first, we do a quick run through of his line of products and how to best use them. And also, one more thing here. I'm trying something new in this episode. To be honest, I'm bored to death of the straight up interview podcast. No shade at people doing those. I'm just bored to death of doing them because I've done a lot of them at this point. And I believe that particularly when it's something educational like this one, that it needs more than just a conversation in order to really be valuable. So I'm adding some annotations here and there throughout the episode to further clarify or expand on something that we mentioned. It helps me learn a little more, and I suspect that it might help you as well. So hit me up on social media or email or somewhere and let me know what you think or how we can make this type of format better. All right, let's get into it. Dude, it's been like 100 years or something since we last recorded and we were just talking about how we were both like baby business people at the time and... Has been a while. Things have things have grown. We're both gray around the face <laughs> and the temples. That's true. <laughs> We're sitting in a house now instead yeah. of a camper in Waco Tanks. Yep. Yeah. What happened? The grown-up life. <laughs> oh, well, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Brino has grown a lot. Yeah. Um, lots of athletes all over the world. Products, new products. Things are blowing up. Yeah, um, very cool to see. Congratulations! Thank um, you. I'm excited for it. Likewise, uh, I knew immediately when I used it that it was a game changing product. So 
So I'm glad other people have caught on. You know, yeah. I, I like to be the one with the secret, but the secret's out. So. Secret's out. <laughs> Not with everybody though. You'd be surprised how many people are like. That's huh? always a funny thing though, right? Mm-hmm. Like you think, oh, I've reached market saturation. I've Everyone who wants to buy this has bought it, yep. you know? But yeah. then you talk to somebody and they're like, what's Rhino? I went into a climbing gym just last week, uh, Truckee's newest gym, high altitude climbing and fitness. Uh, they, they don't sponsor me. It's just a really good looking gym. Uh, but the lady was like, I was talking to the gal uh, who manages it and she's like, it, it's what? I was like, it's Rhino. It's, you know, for your hands and yeah. antiperspirants and went through the whole spiel. Never heard of it. Like, wow. All right. So we got a long way to go, but yeah, it's been fun fun growing so far. Yeah, same with me. Like I look at, you know, I look at podcast numbers and I'm like, okay, well, every climber listens to this now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then inevitably at festivals or wherever we are, if I go to gyms, you know, half the people there are like, oh, you have a podcast? What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love it. But if you think back to like three years ago, it was like 10% of people knew Right. I don't know what the number was for you, but yeah, it was yeah. You go to go to the International Climber Fest, and people be like, "Oh, what's this?" And maybe ten percent would be like, "Oh yeah, Rhino, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. I got a free bottle two years ago." Yep. It's like, yeah, now it's yeah, probably on the same trajectory, fifty fifty. Yeah, that's cool. But it's all like your business in particular is all rooted around this problem that's never going to go away. Yeah, you know. We're always going to want our skin to be doing something different than it is when we fall off of a rock climb, Yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. going to be every single day we go rock climb. Every time climber falls and looks at the hands and goes, why did you fail me, hands? Yeah, every single time yeah. I fall off the wall, I'm staring at my yeah. tips. It's your fault. It's your fault, fingers one through nine. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, like it started out with just, I think just repair... Um, you had performance super early, if not in the beginning, right? Yeah, performance was number one. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. Kinda. It was. It was uh, the first product idea we made. Uh, but it was we didn't sell this, but it was two different products that were already available that we put together mm. that formed the idea of what is performance. Got it. Let's, uh, for people who may not know, for the 50% out there who may still not know what Rhino is, let's go through kind of your your basic line of products. Okay. Uh, so our flagship is Rhino Repair. And it's my a, favorite, by the way. It's a cream. It makes you smell good. Thank you. Um, and it's got salicylic acid in it. So it helps your skin turnover. And it's got a bunch of uh, essential oils that help reduce bacterial load on your hands. And it's got uh, like magnesium for connective tissue help. Okay, so there's lots of good ingredients in there. But there's one in particular I'd like to point out as the hero. And many of the women listening already know about salicylic acid because it's one of the gold standard ingredients for skincare products. Not that none of you dudes care about your skin, but women just do a much better job of it. And particularly for treating problem skin, salicylic acid is the go-to. And that's because it does a couple of things extremely well. It exfoliates skin both on the surface 
and in the pores, which keeps your skin smoother and speeds up regeneration. It's also a potent anti-inflammatory agent. So all that abuse you've just done to your skin will start healing faster. Big win. Uh, so it basically helps repair your hands at the end of a day and helps your skin uh, heal and grow and be more durable for future rock climbing. Yeah, and I use it at least once every day, yeah. if not more often. Yes, I was actually just making a skincare video yesterday because I got my first flapper in like five years. Dang it. And so I just made a video about how I deal with it and repair gets mentioned a lot. All right. Um, it's got a ton of menthol and some anti-inflammatory properties as well. So it's like if you, it is made for your hands, but if you have sore wrist or elbow, it's got that nice cooling tiger balm mm -hmm. essence. So that's our flagship repair cream. Uh, our names are very, uh, descriptive in what the product does or what it <laughs> resembles. I want to get a job naming kitchen appliances. That seems easy, you know? Refrigerator, toaster, blender. You just say what the thing does, then you add er. We have a line of antiperspirants for hands and feet. We have dry spray, performance cream, and tip juice. Uh, those were in no particular order. Um, <laughs> the tip juice is the strongest one. It is about the same uh, as there's another product out there called antihydral. Uh, tip juice is just as strong as antihydral, but aloe-based, so it's a little easier to use. Uh, dry spray is two-thirds as strong as tip juice. Spray-on, alcohol-based, real easy to use. And then my favorite of them uh, is Performance, and it's a it's one-third as strong as tip juice, and it's made for like multiple days of use, especially if you're on a road trip. You can just keep your hands nice and tough. Yep. Um, on the opposite end of that, we have a product called Spit, which is a hydrating spray. You were just saying how you like Spit for these high altitude dry crags. Yeah, it's something I never, I never heard anyone talking about. You know, I, that's not true. I heard one or two people yeah. who were like, "I have to wet my hands before I climb." Yeah. And I thought that was the oddest thing I'd ever heard of. Um, but now that I live in a really dry climate, I've one of the hardest boulders I've ever done last spring, I was using uh, rhino spit and or water on yep. my hands every single attempt. Yeah, it's a <clears> weird <throat> little niche that I think was overlooked before we made the product. My wife has really dry hands and I would, she would, she would, she had trouble clipping uh, draws on climbs because if she was just holding on one hand, she didn't know if her skin was going to uh, be grippy enough. Sometimes she'd be mid-clip and just blow off the hold because her hands would be glassy. Yeah. And I always was like, whatever, that is not a thing. She just climbed for years like that with no one believing her. Yeah, we called her A-bomb because she would just like Adam bomb off stuff or Andy bomb off stuff. Um, yeah, and I just thought, I was like, whatever, too dry is not a thing. Um, but she hounded me enough where we kind of created this like encapsulated aloe and uh, it just makes your hands a little bit more sticky. A lot of people are using it on hangboards, which I think is a little weird because mm -hmm. you're trying to hang on tighter, but you're right. using something that makes you have to <laughs> hang on less, but it's all performance, right? So you get to, you get to do better on the hangboard. Yeah. Um, if hangboarding is your goal, then 
then spit By all wet. means. Yeah. Uh, and we named it spit because if the product didn't exist, you'd have to spit on your hands mid-rock climb. Yeah. Uh, and then my favorite product is massage cream. And it's basically like a curry that you put on your body. Uh, it's got cumin. No, it doesn't. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I do like cumin. I do though. like cumin a lot. I don't rub it on myself, I might, but I, I might like start cumin. putting it in there. Uh, it's got it's got turmeric and black pepper and capsaicin and ginger, um, arnica, helcrincium flower, chamomile, uh, and it's warming and anti-inflammatory, and it gets the blood flowing to the area. Mm-hmm. And I just I love it. If I have like a short sore. Shoulder. You picked a bad body part to yeah. try to <laughs> sore knee. If my knee hurts, uh, I can just put it on there and it gets all warmy and uh it'll start itching. And if you're forgetful like I am, you'll be like, Man, why is my knee itch? But uh yeah, the thing's working. Um yeah. what else do we have? We have a split stick, and that's obviously if you get a split on your hand, uh, or a flapper, um, and it's got dragon's blood in there, which mm-hmm. helps with like granulation of wounds and helps the healing process. Dragon's blood. No, not that kind of dragon. I know this is going to disappoint a lot of you, but Harry Potter's not real. Dragon's blood is a red resin from the dragon's blood tree, which are those strange, almost Dr. Seuss-like umbrella-shaped trees. When you Google them, you're going to say, oh yeah. I've seen those. Anyway, at this point, several clinical trials have shown not only the antibacterial and anti-inflammatory properties of dragon's blood, but have also shown that it can significantly speed up healing in wounds, like splits, which means more climbing. Um, Still super important to wash your hands, which brings us to our newest product. Uh, We just came out with a soap. Um, Oh, nice. Castile, all plants in the soap. Uh, and we have two flavors. One is uh, mint uplift, which smells exactly like repair cream. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, citrus woods, which is like a desert woods with a little bit of orange in there. Uh, and they're both great. They're all plant-based, so you can use it at the crag when you're done rock climbing. Cool. Uh, our motto is climb, wash, rhino. And so we finally added the wash in there. That's great. Yeah. I'm going to have to get some of that. Yep. And, you know, of the products you mentioned, we put together our crag kit last year Mm -hmm. that was kind of like, these are the things you should have. And, and we included, I think what we have in there is dry, a dry spray and a split stick. Yep. And, you know, I also carry rhino spit to the crag as well. So just a quick note here. We recorded this two years ago, like I said, and since then, they've added a couple of new things. Bath salts that contain magnesium, hand sanitizer, and Skeeter Scatter. I do like that name. A plant-based, deep-free bug spray that has, maybe this is the important part, that has tested safe on climbing gear. Um, I believe in these products and use them regularly. Yeah, I am probably more skeptical than anybody else listening to this podcast uh, 
not anybody else. I get a couple emails. I'm pretty fucking skeptical. I'd out skeptic you, I think. <laughs> I'm a skeptic, but also oddly believe in some weird I'm stuff. I'm skeptical that you could be more skeptical than me. <laughs> well, let's bring the skepticalness <laughs> to a test. Uh, I do get some emails from people who are highly skeptical occasionally. Yeah. Um, but it works. I put it on. I'm like, this isn't going to work. And it's the stuff I make. And then it works. And I'm like, huh, cool. Still works. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I remember you messaging me, and I think it was Shauna Coxie you were talking yeah. about. was like, she's using spit right before she climbs. And I'm like, yeah, that's literally what I'm doing right now. That's, <laughs> that's what I, that's how, how I use it. That's how it's used. <laughs> yeah, I think she'll like, oh, I don't know if her hands are too dry already or if she'll use dry spray until they're too dry mm-hmm. and then use spit. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Yanya just won gold and she's a spit user as well and dry spray. I think she kind of does the same thing. Yeah. She like takes away moisture, adds moisture. Nice. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about general skincare, both the yeah. like the repairing of splits and things like that that climbers get mm-hmm. and maybe some of the myths surrounding it too? Because okay. I'm sure there are a lot of things that have just perpetuated that you've found may not be the truth. Yeah. Go for it. There's let's talk let's talk split. How okay. do you what's the best way to care for a split? The best way to care for a split um there's kind of like three stages I guess of your split where you're going to have to deal with it. Um the first one is when it happens and say so you're at the crag, yeah, at the boulders, you, get a, you split. get a split. And I guess there's a ton of pieces to this. Uh but Let's say you want to rock climb more. Yep. Uh, so the best thing you're going to do is take your clippers, um, clip down any like loose skin that is there. It'll usually be white. Um, just clip that off because uh, it, it has died quickly. Yeah. Uh, so clip and it's that just going to continue rolling and tearing. Yeah, it's just going to keep ripping it off. Like if you have a cuticle and you try ripping that off. Um, so clip that off and then uh, tape it. And you'll be able to rock climb more. Yeah, uh, I I like your tape, uh, that silicone or I don't. It's yep. magic. It's a cohesive tape. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't stick to your skin. Right. Is that cohesive? Yep. Okay. It sticks to itself. Got it. So cohesive tape is not a new idea. In fact, it was developed in 1947 for use in World War II as a way to hold bandages on in the field where normal adhesives weren't doing the job. Dirt, sweat, etc. So chalk-covered fingers aren't a problem at all. And it's not only for covering splits like we talk about here. I actually mostly use it for training and projecting where skin preservation is a priority. And because it doesn't soften your skin like adhesive tape, you can take it off whenever you're ready for the red point attempt and not worry about losing the entire pad on that sharp pocket. If I have a split on my tip, I'll Mm -hmm. use Tension's adhesive tape because Mm I love it. I think it's the best adhesive tape out there. But... If I have a split where I where it's not on my tip and the tape's just going to slide off, um, I'll use this cohesive tape partly because it doesn't trap the moisture inside yeah. and it yeah. lets your skin breathe a little bit and it doesn't get all white and soft and I nasty. think that's like super important. Uh, if you're going to climb and you have an open wound, you do not want it to get white. And that cohesive tape, I find you that's can... That's our circuit tape. Circuit tape. All right. Um, 
I find you can wrap, you can kind of do an X wrap with it yep. so it stays put. Exactly. Because uh, it will anchor get anchor it on another joint. Yeah, exactly. Above and below. Um, and it's pretty durable. Yep. And it, and it sticks amazingly well to itself so much that it's like kind of hard to get it off at yeah, the end of the exactly. day. Yeah, exactly. Back to that skeptic thing. When I yeah. first tried it, I was like, no fucking way. This yeah. is going to work. Yeah, but man, <laughs> I, I actually use a lot, like I have this ongoing wrist injury mm. and I'll tape my wrist up and at the end of the day, I cannot get that thing off without scissors. Yep. Um, so yeah, use uh, the circuit tape uh, on your split uh, after, so... So you get your split, you look at it, you go, ah, darn, trim it with nail clippers and then wash it really well. I have to jump back in here. Don't just use any old nail clipper to clip your skin unless that's all you have. Number one, some nail clippers just aren't very sharp and are going to be tearing your skin away more than cutting it. And number two, the curved blade on most fingernail clippers can make it tough to not also clip away skin that you don't mean to. Why? Because you're not being careful. But let's make this simple. In our sets of climber clippers, we have a detail clipper that's a small straight edge that's very sharp, very springy. That's one of my pet peeves about clippers. You can also use cuticle scissors or something like that to carefully trim your skin. And then wash it really well let it dry and then cover it uh, with the circuit tapes. I think the best option because it's breathable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to be done rock climbing at some point in time. Take the tape off, let the wash it again, and then let the wound dry, air dry, pat it dry, air dry. And then you're going to want to take a file and file down the edges and go really slowly. Yeah. Because if you build up heat, uh, it just sets off all sorts of bad reactions. Uh, the skin's going to want to grow back faster and that's going to create a spot that's going to split again. Um, so file real slowly and just file it kind of until you can't stand it anymore. The lower, the better. Yep. Um, and then you're going to have this nice open wound that you can wash again, just get it super clean, uh, and then let it dry. And if you, uh, if you have a stick, some people use sticks for it to keep your finger straight. I don't think that's particularly necessary. Yeah, that's one of the myths I'm curious about if it yeah. actually helps or not. Your body, your skin does have memory. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you were to, <laughs> this is terrible. If you were to take a knife and you were to cut all the skin off of your finger, it would <laughs> probably grow back with the same lines. Hmm. Um, I don't know if there's been any We're not going to test that. Yeah, that, this is this is an N of zero. Uh, but let's just take it less seriously and let's just say you like file down your finger uh, all the skin to a, a normal level. It's going to grow back with the same lines. Um, so the stick may help to like have the skin grow in the open wound, nice and flat, but I don't, I don't, I think it's just going to grow back how it was, no matter what you do. Right. But the more important thing is, this is just speculation, really. Uh, the more important thing that is based on actual science is, uh, there's a product out there called Tegaderm. Mm-hmm. It's a clear, occlusive, breathable bandage. Uh, 
cover it with that because that will let the the wound breathe and it's not going to turn white under a bandage and it'll keep all the dirt out and it kind of just creates the perfect humidity to make that thing heal. Got it. Um, Do you put any product in a split? Do you put like split stick or repair or any of that before you so Tegaderm? If Tegaderm is going on, you don't put anything in there. Got it. Uh, if there's, if you're like at the crag and you split and you're done rock climbing for the day and you don't have any Tegaderm yet, that's a great time to use split. Okay. Or if you're, if you're doing something where you have to use your fingers a lot, mm -hmm. that tegaderm isn't necessarily going to stay put. It might bunch up. Uh, that's a good time to use split and some tape as well. Got it. Uh, but tegaderm alone on a clean wound is the best thing you're going to use. I think a lot of what you just said is kind of, if we can use some common sense with all the other, you know, splits, flappers, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that beta applies, right? Like we yeah. want to trim it. We want to get the the edges of it sort of filed down, beveled mm -hmm. a little if possible. Um, and then, you know, decide on which product makes the most sense. The Tegaderm beta, I think, is yeah, going to be amazing. a new thing for a lot of people. Yeah. We're working on getting our own like specific cool. Tegaderm. Um, but you know, that stuff takes a while. Don't yeah. hold your breath. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the split stick, I also just got the largest flapper I'd have gotten in a long time, uh, at the gym. It was just these like sinker pockets on a roof. Yeah. And I was, I was like, kind of slipped. I was like, oh, that was weird. And I came down giant flapper. Uh, I use the split stick. Um, I taped it up for rock climbing and then took the tape off, used split stick and it was really weepy. And then I put this split on it and I think it helped the, I think the tea tree oil and the dragon's blood, it seemed like it helped dry it out and help that granulation process. Mm. But then it kind of got too dry. So, but I tagadermed it and it was good. Got it. Yeah. Cool. What about things like doing dishes? It's how, okay. how do you feel about this? I can't touch water. Uh, Strange think, myth of rock climbers. I think it's a great excuse <laughs> and uh, continue to use it. <laughs> but I think it's a complete, uh, I think it's a complete myth. Uh, I used to work in a kitchen and I, my skin some days was better after doing a ton of dishes because yeah. I'd use these degreasers and I have sweaty skin. So maybe this is different for people with dry skin. Uh, but I, I would, you know, be doing dishes with degreasers and the next day my hands felt so solid. Mm. They dried, you know, they dried off cause it was 12 hours or whatever, but they were like dry. They were rough. They were, they felt, they felt like leather gloves and I would go rock climbing and be just fine. I think if you're going to do dishes and then go rock climbing within the hour, right. you might have a problem. <laughs> right. um, we tried doing If a you're doing dishes at the crag before your red point attempt. Exactly. Yeah. If you're at Indian <laughs> Creek and you just made some hot ramen and I don't know. Oh, and you were doing those dishes, which you're not going to do. You're just going to wash your bowl out with sand. But for some reason, if you're trying to be clean at Indian Creek, right next to the crag, don't go rock climbing. <laughs> um, that was, that was weird, Un, unreasonable <laughs> tangent, but, uh, yeah, we tried to do a study. Uh, you might remember this. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. tried to send out 
uh, some questionnaires to people and about washing their hands and sitting in the hot tub and how long. We have these little skin humidity testers. Yeah. And so we kind of sent them to some people and some people bought them. And we wanted people to sit in the hot tub or do dishes and then test their hands like every 10 minutes until their skin went back to its original state. Um, most people just gave us bullshit answers because yep. they wanted the end discount that we were giving everybody or product or whatever. Um, but it seemed like about an hour after you're, you're done washing dishes, your hands are basically back to normal. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, I and in fact, I would say the times that I've been talked into, and I remember this one time specifically, I was in a cabin in the Red River Gorge. I was climbing the next day, mm-hmm. um, but I started to do the dishes, and I wasn't wearing gloves, and Scott Milton was there, mm. and he freaked out on me. What are you doing? I'm resting tomorrow. I'll wash. You can't wash dishes <laughs> if you're climbing tomorrow. So did you make Scott you know, do the dishes? So Scott did the dishes yeah, with nice. his gloves on. Good flex. And in the times that I've done dishes with gloves on, my hands come out softer and wetter mm-hmm. than when I do dishes without gloves on. Yeah, like, you're just in this humid, weird yeah, environment. Yeah. It, I think climbers used to value really big calluses. Yeah. And I just don't think that that is the way anymore. I tend to think it wasn't the way back then, but it was just yeah. what people did. Uh, because calluses rip off, they're, yeah. they're a weak link in the skin chain, and they're not flexible, and they're glassy. There's like tons of reasons why you mm-hmm. don't want them. What you want is durable, flexible, healthy skin. And part of that is being clean. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, let's go into the calluses a little bit because mm-hmm. I, I hear this a lot, especially from new climbers. You know, I lost my calluses. I need to build my calluses back up. Mm-hmm. You know, is there like a level of callus that is beneficial versus now it's too much? It's mm-hmm. probably going to rip off. Like, yeah. does it have to do with the, yeah. the, the never, thickness or how hard it is. I never thought about this mm. analogy before, but if you think about what a climbing shoe is, mm-hmm. it's this super durable, flexible material that you push. It's not sticky in itself, but the reason it's sticky is because it conforms it extremely well things, to right? the micro features on the rock. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you want your skin to do. Right. I love this climbing shoe analogy. And it reminds me that there's no best skin condition for all terrain, just as there's no best shoe for all terrain. Thicker pads will mean less sensitivity. Thinner pads will mean less durability. So for sharp holds or working out moves while slapping and sliding on slopers with no discernible sweet spots, thicker pads might be advantageous. But if you need to feel the subtlety and nuance of a hold, maybe not. How to deal with that, I'm not quite sure yet, but just a thought. And so there probably is a, a thickness slash humidity that you want. I don't know what the thickness would be, uh, but depending on rock type, you want to be somewhere between like 25 and 35% humidity in your skin. Mm, okay. That seems to be the place. When people have like 15, they're going to get glassy. 
I think in the red, if you have like 45, you'll probably survive. Yeah. Uh, anything above that, I think you're going to start just going through chalk and greasing off stuff and being a little weird. At the yeah. end of a day of rock climbing, measure your skin and uh, it'll be like 99% because it's trying to heal. Yeah. Uh, but And we need that moisture yep. in order to heal. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what repair cream does, puts that in there. Yeah, I think that's another one of those like myths that I hear a lot of climbers perpetuate is that, you know, they they need their hands to be dry all the time. Like I'm going to just keep spraying dry on my hands and even if it's super dry when I'm about to go to bed, that's good cuz that mm -hmm. means it'll be dry tomorrow too, you Yeah. Know? Dry will not work if your hands are not sweating. So mm. it's kind of like it's Interesting. not like, it's not self-regulating but the methanamine in dry it needs your sweat in order to work because ah. uh, your sweat is slight, slightly acidic and it takes methanamine and it breaks it into and that reaction is what makes uh the protein plug for your sweat glands and so there's no point if your hands are already dry just wait till you feel that little bit of sweat coming back oh, and then wow. you can start up again i had no idea that that's how it worked yep that's yeah. really cool. It's not like, uh, so like aluminum antiperspirants are a physical plug coming from the antiperspirant that goes in. So the more you apply, the more that, the bigger plug it's going to be and the more antiperspirant you're going to get. Uh, but yeah, the, the, uh, methanamine kind of has to do with your skin humidity. Oh, very cool. Is there, or have you ever looked into when there are those sorts of, you know, this methanamine creates a plug, does chalk then act differently with mm. that plug? It wouldn't it wouldn't interact with the plug. Uh I just don't think it's a small enough thing to get in there. Um, but if your hands are super dry, the chalk tends not to stick as well. Right, right. That's why I think some people use spit. Because if you have like really dry hands and the chalk's not sticking, you can put spit, get a little bit of moisture into your hands, and you'll feel it get a little tacky. Yep. And then that's when people chalk up and it seems to work the best. Yeah. And we, you know, I think another thing that a lot of people don't think about that we, we need to keep in mind is that we also have to have moisture for friction. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this this idea that things can be too dry is totally a real thing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that moisture there, there's going to be no friction. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure there's... No, I don't think there's any rock climb where you want to be... I mean, that's a bold statement because it's just across the board. But I don't think there's really any rock climb where you just want zero humidity hands. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. Yeah. I, I don't know what that would look like. We're climbing at... Uh, Waco tanks and we're what's that uh uh it's a v5 and it's like pretty long and traversy um anyway it was one of the last climbs we were doing on our trip and it was so dry that day and i have sweaty hands and i would drench them with spit i get on the rock climb halfway through hands completely dry and just explode off the rock. Wow. And my wife was having the same thing, and our guide Luke was having the same thing, and it was just like bonkers dry day. It was breezy, dry. So, yeah, you and, have to have some moisture. And you said that 
you've heard of people at Smith like stashing spit in yep. in some Wacos so that they can use it mid root. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a well, it's one one fellow in particular. Uh, this guy Andrew, he's like fifty something, just crushes. Yeah, and there's two route two routes he does it on. Uh, one is uh, this five thirteen with a big ledge rest. Uh, there's actually a route with a ledge rest. Uh, <laughs> but he, he, Back to our previous podcast. <laughs> rewind. Uh, he'll put it on that ledge and uh, he'll spray it when he gets there because like the next sequence is this real technical thin crimper crux. Mm. And then uh, on Badman, there's a big Waco uh, that you can kind of hang out in after like the crux cruxes are over, but you have like a 512C to climb after. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll stash some in that that Waco as well. Yeah, I think that's smart. You know, I mean, as long as you're taking your bottles with you afterward, yeah. I think it's a super smart way to go. Yeah. We're working on like the the anti chalk bag, so <laughs> I don't know what to call it, uh, but it'd be like some sort of sponge that you hang on the back of your chalk bag that you could mm. put. You could just drench with spit or a little bit of water. And so it'd just be easy enough to grab that, just kind of give it a quick squeeze. Right. And then go into your chalk if the you wanted. Spitball. Ooh. <laughs> Ding. Nailed it. All right. We're working on the spitball. <laughs> That's this is, too easy. This is what happens when you work with Lana. You just come up with weird words all day long. That's all she wants to do is name things. All right. We got tons of products coming out, Lana. <laughs> just talk to her. She'll give you names. Is something I think is interesting about chalk, and I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but I was a gymnast and a gymnastics coach, and we used chalk to reduce friction. Right. You were saying you're, that. you're spinning on bars or rings, and you don't want your skin to, to just like roll on it. Is it my wacky it memory, or did you say you used chalk and Coca-Cola? was not me. Okay. That was just something I made up. Yeah, okay. I've never heard of that. It sounds weird. I would like to. Why know, would that even? I would be like to know more memory. about it. <laughs> <laughs> we need to Google that. Did I just totally make that up? I used to when I was like twenty three. I was addicted to Coca Cola, but yeah, me too. Didn't didn't we used use to go it surfing. along with chalk. We used to go surfing and then drink Coca Cola and eat gummy bears. <laughs> See, this sounds perfect. It sounds nice. No, I always thought it was interesting that. The that John Gill brought chalk in because of gymnastics, but mm-hmm. gymnasts use it for the total opposite reason. What? What's the surface like? So you're on it's either like metal the, or the bars, smooth wood, parallel bars, yep. or uneven bars. Do guys do guys do uneven bars? Women too? do uneven bars. Guys do high bar. High bar. What's the difference? Uh, uneven bars has two. Oh, okay. Two bars and and men also do parallel bars. Okay. Um, I was watching some of those old school uneven bars where the women just used to bash into the lower bar oh, and yeah. spin around it. Like on their hips, just that seems slam horrible. into their hips. Yeah. That seemed like such a bad idea. So <laughs> those are made out of wood? Yep. Okay. Or they used to be. I think they're made out of something else now, but used to be made out of wood. Hmm. Just a really smooth wood. And if you're like if your hands would start sweating. Oh. It would almost kind of stick to the wood or to the metal. Okay. And then roll up and you'd get these horrendous Rips. flappers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what people are experiencing on hangboards with a little bit of extra mm. moisture, it becomes mm-hmm. a little stickier. But you would think you would think that like 
Well, I guess it's just bringing chalk is just bringing your hands down from that like hundred percent humidity right. down the to hopefully that thirty five percent humidity. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing it doesn't. I mean, eventually it does fill up the rock, right? right. But it doesn't do that because you know people just jam their hands in there. Some do the French poof, right? Uh, but usually it's just in the chalk bag, maybe a pat on the pants, and then on the hold. But it does work amazingly well. Yeah. Okay, so gymnastic chalk does indeed reduce friction. That's its purpose. And so does climbing chalk because, well, it's the same thing. However, what it does is it reduces the moisture on your hands, which thereby increases friction. If, that is, your skin needs the moisture to be reduced. And that just isn't always the case. And there's some compelling evidence that once a hold is covered in chalk, then chalking your hands as well actually reduces the friction you get on that hold. But, of course, you're going to continue creating more moisture in your hands as you climb. Climbing is actually just a battle with gravity and moisture. One of them usually wins against you. If you want to hear more about chalk, the coefficient of friction, and the research done on climbing holds, Paul Corsaro and I covered exactly this subject on Breaking Beta in Season 2, including the back and forth between the researchers that basically amounted to a science rap battle. That link is in your show notes. Makes me wonder now if what it would be like to try to use just dry spray and no chalk. I don't think it would work. Don't think it would work. I don't know. It it wouldn't work in my brain. It for like, sure would not. Yeah, I, I said have that. to chalk up. I said that, and I was <laughs> like, that just might be a mental thing. It's making me sweat thinking of yeah. not chalking. I just dry sprayed <laughs> yesterday, and my hands are sweating. Uh, gosh, I don't know if I want to be the one to test that out. No, but are there other like skin care myths that you've come across? Um. Hmm. Skincare myths. We sort of talked about the the uh, hot tub or hot springs. Yeah. You always see photos of climbers with their hands out of the water. Oh, you know what I hate to see? When people are using the electric uh, skin files. Oh, is that's this just, because of the heat? Yeah, it's just building up so much heat. And the reason your hands are making more skin is because you're putting abuse into them. And that's just exponentially worse, I'd imagine. And so your your fingers are just going to create more skin, where if you just use a gritty file, you go nice and slow, I think you'd, you'd do better. What's your favorite grit? Uh, 80. That's what our, our medium grit skin file is 80, and then we've got a, a finer 120 yeah. that some people really yeah. like. But yeah. I'm a fan of the 80. 80, well. 100 is kind of where I'm at. I can see using the finer uh, for like trimming the end stages of a flapper or mm-hmm. maybe your cuticles or something or fingernails. Yeah. I bite my fingernails, so I don't need files. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I always chastise my wife in the evenings when she's when she's filing her skin because she just doesn't look at it and just goes really fast. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Every single night. It's not even fun to file your skin fast. Well, not for me. Some Same. people. Some people probably like it. Same. It's a process for me. I like uh-huh. to like look at the details and be really slow. About and I it. feel like it's cutting so much better going slow. 
Mm-hmm. It's like if you take a saw and you're like, zhoosh, and you can feel it bite versus just like yeah. jerking the thing around. Yeah, totally. Um, other ones, I don't know. People can believe whatever they want. I'm fine with it. And then they mess their skin up and they come to me. So is there, so there's this new push to use like granite edges to hang on or things like Mm -hmm. that to build up better skin. Mm -hmm. Um, Is hanging on granite going to be different than just sanding with a like 80 grit, sanding lightly with an 80 grit? Yeah, uh, I think file? I think hanging on granite is going to do more to build your skin up because you're not you're not breaking it down at all. You're just super stationary, but you have uh, you have some like input into your skin, mm-hmm. so your skin's want is going to want to grow faster without taking it away. So I think the answer here is that hanging on those kind of edges can be valuable if you want more skin. Just keep in mind that thicker skin isn't always the answer. So choose wisely depending on your skin humidity level and what kind of rock you'll be climbing on. I personally don't like climbing with really thick skin, even in most areas that are considered sharp. Some folks, however, love little horse hooves. It's up to you. If you love the idea of growing more skin, then maybe check out the Skin Farmers made by Petra Holtz. Those look like the right idea to me. One thing I'm always getting messages about that I don't know how to answer, and it happens to me, seems like once a year. I can never tell if it's like going from a really humid area to a dry area or what the hell is happening. Mm -hmm. But there's this sensation of like all of your skin just, sloughing off like yeah your hands are just peeling and all the skin is being replaced what the hell is happening uh it's basically a skin avalanche i think is the best way to look at it um because it's a inconsistency of layers in your skin Mm. according to the national park service avalanches are most likely when we see storms starting with low temperatures and dry snow followed by rising temperatures and wetter snow and this essentially creates a weak layer in the snowpack. And when there's a trigger of some sort, that weak layer sloughs off and takes everything above it with it. Much like your skin when you're switching between gym and outdoors with a gap in between, or dry and humid areas, or whenever that horrible skin avalanche happens. So we have, we have Rhino products and uh, the way they work is to create like a consistent linear progress in whatever skin humidity you need. And so if you think about like you train to go on a road trip or train to send a project, you're putting a lot of abuse into your hands. And uh, so when you put more, um, you know, when you're like grabbing more holds and more abuse into your skin, your skin's going to grow faster, become thicker. And as it gets thicker, the top will be drier and down low will be more humid. Right. Uh, and you you want that gradient. You want that gradient to be consistent. And your body will do it on its own or you can give it specific help with different products. Um, but then let's say you put all that training in, you send your project and you're like, yes. And you go eat pizza and you drink beer and you don't climb for a few days. 
then you're like, ah, I should get training again. And then you kind of start, you're in that like dip, right? And so then you start training again, but you had where you were climbing every day or five days a week. And then maybe you climb three days a week or two days a week. Your skin's going to kind of go upside down. You're going to have an mm. upside down skin pack. And uh, so when it goes upside down, uh, that bottom layer of skin isn't going to be created with the same amount of input that the top layer of skin was having. And so when that layer of skin on the bottom that wasn't privy to all of that climbing gets kind of close to the top, it's just going to come off. And right here, we have another reason why climbing more is better than just hanging on wood. Grabbing stone while warming up, while climbing on easier things, even <gasps> junk miles, you're keeping your skin in better shape. And to be honest, I'm just going to take every opportunity to do more junk miles. Because what most of the coaches and trainers out there are calling junk miles actually makes you better at climbing. It's just going to come off. And it's going to come off as a whole sheet in strips or whatever. And uh, then you kind of have to start over. And that's fine. But I think if you want to prevent that, the best way to do it is just file your skin. So even the days when you're not climbing yep. or, you know, you're not climbing for a couple of weeks or whatever. Yeah. yeah, just file it. Just have that be part of your routine. And, you know, it's easy enough to do. You keep that input going. Uh, your body thinks it's still rock climbing, skin generation keeps going. But mm. it's also, you know, it it might be scary because you might have changed something. There's a couple people uh, historically that have like started using Rhino products and they get that slim skin slough and it's kind of similar because uh, they have that differential part of their skin where, where right. they had one type of skin, they create a new type of skin, skin came off. They're like, ah, oh, my skin's coming off. It's but, your fault. Yeah. You sold me this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, it is our fault. Our products work. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, it's it's not a terrible thing, but no, it's going to happen. And it happens to every single person. Yeah. The upside down trip. skin avalanche. Yep. Skin, skin, skin avalanche. Skin avalanche. Upside down skin avalanche. Yeah. All right. Uh, any... Any other skin oddities that <laughs> that you see climbers like either either doing wrong or that climbers just should be doing and may not know about? Just wash your hands. Um, using lotion like repair cream is not a bad thing. Uh, just keep that skin healthy. I think that's the biggest thing. It doesn't have to be super dry. doesn't have to be wet. Somewhere in the middle. Um and I think our lineup kind of lets you just dial in your own thing. It's so very, there's so much variation for rock type. Uh, yeah. I feel like limestone is pretty forgiving for skin humidity, uh, unless it's too dry. Mm -hmm. It seems to get glassy. Um, the Red River Gorge probably doesn't matter. The performance cream works really well for the red, actually. Yeah. Just to get that extra pitch or two. Yep. Yeah, because the red does make you like sensitive, makes yep. your skin really sensitive. But I, th I think this is cool. I think we've we've gotten to a point in climbing where we're like, okay, I have these shoes for this rock type mm -hmm. and this style and these shoes for this rock type and style. And we're really just now to the point where we're like, oh, there's actually a spectrum of how skin can, have hands can for, be, yeah, you know? For sure. So 
in a few years, we're probably going to be to the point where it's like, oh, I'm going to Yosemite. I need my skin to be this mm-hmm. way. Totally. I can prepare it like this, or I'm going to the red, or I'm going to Smith, or wherever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to understand more and more about how our skin should be to be prepared for yeah. it. So I think at Yosemite, it's like a cuticle issue. People's cuticles <laughs> just get destroyed. Definitely for done rock climbing. finger cracks. Yep. Yeah. So split, trim those cuticles down. Yeah. That is interesting to think about. Like, can there be a system put in place for each rock type across the country? Yeah. You're just going to sell world. packs. Like, this is the yep. Yosemite pack. This is. Well, you can't really do that because some with, people. With start, instructions of what are your, what's yep. your skin type starting at? Yeah. Yeah. I would have to sell like uh, our skin our skin humidity tester and then like your you have the how to know uh what what's your thing the 512 you know, oh yeah climb 512 yeah, climb 512 there would yeah. be like a climb limestone guide yeah and how to dial your skin in for it absolutely i think the last time we talked in waco years ago you were just starting to think about a product that became spit. Mm-hmm. So yep. now we're now we're preempting the the specific rock type packs. Yeah, yeah. When we so. first talked in Waco, I also didn't believe in uh, crease splits. I was like, that is not a thing. Really? Yeah. I yeah. get them. I used to get them every single winter mm-hmm. uh, when I lived in Cincinnati. When it would get drier because mm-hmm. we had electric heat in the house or whatever, I would get them every winter. I just always had super sweaty hands. <laughs> now now you're seeing that yeah. there are other people yeah. there is more than just me <laughs> awesome well man i i'm so psyched all the time to see how well rhino's doing Thanks. and that people are catching yeah. on so i hope a couple of years from now we'll sit down again and talk about other new products and why they work and new skin things we didn't know were yeah. Possible. What do you think is out there? I don't know, what but there's new something. What stuff do people need? And people are going to get so nerdy about it in the future yeah. because that's what we do about all this shit. Yep. Yeah, that's the fun part. Yeah. Figuring right. out the systems. Thanks, man. Thank you. Now, as far as I know, there's still no cumin in any of their products. I think. I'd have to check with them. But even if there's no cumin... There are a few small businesses, the the Climbing Zine, Flash Foxy, Tension Climbing, and of course, Rhino, that I've sort of come up alongside and I've loved getting to grow along with them and share ideas with and learn from them. Folks that have built their reputation on quality and innovation. So it's great to get to sit down with Justin from time to time and reflect on that. And look... I know most of you are still going to be afraid to touch the dishes, but I do gloveless dishes every day and have for as long as I can remember. It's actually my main form of meditation, actually. One of the only things that slows me down and gives me time alone to think. And I very rarely have splits or flappers or any other skin issue. Maybe it's the rhino. Maybe I just have good skin, or maybe it's actually doing the dishes that's the cause of me not getting splits. But you know, you do you. At the blog post for this episode, you'll find all of the... 
obviously Harper does not want me to finish this episode. But at that blog post, you will find all of the links to get the Rhino Skin Solution products and to follow them on the socials. And you should be using their products. Game changer, just like I thought from day one. The Power Company Podcast is brought to you by Power Company Climbing. You can learn, grow, and excel with us at powercompanyclimbing.com, where if you click on the new resources tab, all of our articles and episodes from the past 10 years have been conveniently sorted for you into categorical landing pages. Many, many rabbit holes to explore. Check it out. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, at Power Company Climbing, but not Twitter. And Harper's not on Twitter. She'll never be on Twitter because Elon's going to run it into the ground. And also, we don't tweet. We scream like eagles.